Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I am your host, Sam Kane, and today our film is Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back. I am joined today by a Star Wars superfan who also just happens to be my brother, Davey Coleman. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. So, we'll spend some time talking about our relationship to the Star Wars franchise before specifically discussing Episode Five, which by most fans consider to be the best Star Wars film of all time, and it's even considered one of the greatest movies ever made. But this is kind of interesting because we've both grown up with this franchise. You're definitely a bigger fan of it than I am. I I do really enjoy the movies, but yeah, we we've never discussed it in depth. I mean, I really didn't watch the movies until a little later. I mean, if you consider nine years old being later in life, but I grew up in the 90s. I kind of got the gist of what the franchise was with Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, because I watched a lot of Nickelodeon growing up, and there was actually this show called Muppet Babies. I'm sure you know what the Muppets are, but this particular show, it's super old. They actually would play clips from blockbuster movies in the show, and Star Wars was featured a lot. They would play actual clips from the movie. And then, actually, I I never told you this. I don't think I did, but I had a Star Wars birthday party when I was seven years old. Davey, I never even saw Star Wars. Wait, before that, you never even saw Star Wars? No. No. Yeah, so I, I probably I probably grew up, let's see, I mean, there was, I got the, the PlayStation, now there's a PlayStation 5, but I was on the PlayStation 2, and I grew up, you know, playing Lego Star Wars, and I loved the game, and I know um, we had all the movies, all six at the, and no, maybe it was four or five yeah it was probably around that and i would watch them like all the time so i grew up you know just watching star wars every second of the day i loved it learned all the characters through the video game the lego one Mm. yeah i i even got lego sets and built some star wars when i was little how old do you think you were when you first saw Star Wars? Probably like seven or six. Oh, okay, so you're 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 still pretty young. Yeah, but definitely my favorite movie franchise of all time by far. I love it so. Yeah, I mean it's it's an incredible franchise. It's uh, I think probably one of the most popular movie franchises ever if not the most but going back to um what i grew up with with star wars like i said i had that star wars birthday party actually had it at a pizza place and i remember i had a darth vader cutout cardboard thing i remember one kid was like sam i had no idea you watched star wars and i was like yeah (laughs) meanwhile 
I had never seen the movie. I think I think mom actually gave me the idea of having a Star Wars birthday party because it was kind of like around the 1997 re-release of the first three movies because it was the 20th anniversary of the first one. And then in 1997, they brought all three back to theaters in a limited run. So Yeah, I know around 99 or... It might have been 2000, the, the new one as well, so. Yeah, that, so 99 was when uh, episode one came out, The Phantom Menace. And I saw that in theaters, actually. So th- this was before you were even born, when I saw Phantom Menace in theaters. with. Uh, yeah, so I was born in 2001, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So Four movies before my time. Mhm. Now, I and I. Oh my God! 1999 Star Wars was so huge. There was so much anticipation with the new movie coming out. I mean, every everywhere you'd see Star Wars advertising. Toys of young Anakin, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but we we won't talk about that too much. Um, but yeah, I, so basically, I saw that in theaters. I saw. All the Star Wars movies that came out in my lifetime in theaters, I had a streak going. I saw Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, and uh, then when the new one, the newer one, came out in 2015, that's The Force Awakens, I think. And then I broke the streak by not seeing The Last Jedi in 2017. So I'm kind of bummed because I did see we saw the uh, the rise of Skywalker in theaters. So kind kind of bummed that I broke that streak. I didn't really mean to, but it is what it is. I remember mom mentioning like she mom kind of liked the movies and she would give me background on them. And it's funny I hadn't even watched them yet, and she told the originals. Yeah, yeah, like, this is probably, like, the late 90s, and I haven't watched any of them, but here I know all this Star Wars trivia, I know who Darth Vader is, I know the characters, and I remember Mom telling me, like, oh, yeah, um, uh, the actor, Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, got in a car accident after the first movie, and oh yes, he had to uh, get surgery on his face, so he looks different after the first one. That's actually, if I can talk about this now. Um, yeah, there he got attacked on planet Hoth, which they filmed in Norway. He got attacked by this like wampa hairy creature, and they they think that that happened specifically because. Uh, Mark Hamill got in the car accident, so they wanted to have a reason for his face to look a little different. Yeah, that's what I read, because it does look a little different. I mean, I I looked at a side-by-side comparison, and it's not terribly noticeable, but I guess if if you really look at it, you can tell. But Yeah, it's like slight. Yeah, and but, that, that happened before they were even done filming the first Star Wars movie, so that accident wasn't really in many of the major headlines because Mark Hamill wasn't known yet. The The first movie hadn't even come out, so 
kind of was a, a blip on the radar. Yeah, I think what's so fascinating about these movies is the fact that George Lucas went back and would fix the special effects for certain DVD releases, re-releases. And it, I, I'm kind of on the fence about doing that with movies. It's kind of hard to, uh, kind of hard to make a decision on that for these particular movies, especially not being uh, as big of a uh, a Star Wars fan as uh, other people are. I mean, I'm sure there's people who saw the original in, in the movie theater and. You know, when they watch it years later on DVD and see these new effects added, they're probably like, hey, well, this isn't what I remember watching. Like, d- don't don't mess with the movie. You know, there's definitely yeah, I know. there's definitely that camp of people without a doubt. I, I mean, there just has to be. Um, I have on the first Star Wars, he had a um, he had a showing to a bunch of movie producers and he didn't put special effects in yet and he didn't put the music soundtrack which is very amazing made a lot of what the movie was and there was only like one producer who liked it they all didn't like it so special effects really has a huge impact on how that movie thrives oh yeah and they they i mean We'll we'll do a whole episode on the first one since that's on the top two fifty as well. That comes later on the list, but that particularly the first one they changed a lot of the special effects in the re-releases. This one it seems like they didn't do as much as the first one. It's understandable why they would need to do a lot for the first one because it was a lower budget. Yeah, they ended up the budget doubled for the next movie. Yeah, that's really interesting what happened. So this is considered very, very risky, and this almost never happens, but George Lucas decided to finance the second movie himself because that way he would have not only more control over the film's story without having to deal with studio interference, but also he could keep ownership of certain rights of the movie, like uh, merchandise, how much the movie ends up grossing. So 20th Century Fox, I think, they did like an 80-20 split. So it's kind of like George Lucas. I mean, this is this is very vague terms. It's, it's not precise. Um, but basically, I think George Lucas owned 80% of the movie while uh, 20th Century Fox had like 20%. So 20th Century Fox would release it that George Lucas would basically make the movie himself, not have to deal with the studio at all that much. I know that Lucas wasn't on the set for that much of the movie because he was having some heart problems, so he had to find a new director. Is that true? He was having heart problems? Yeah, they said it was due to stress. Wow. I, I didn't read that one, but... I did hear that he was very, um, very overwhelmed with the making of the first one. Like, it was kind of a nightmare for him. So he hired his professor from college, um, Erwin Kirshner, I think his name is. I'm probably saying Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Um, so he directed the second and third one. And then he even hired a writer, Lee Brackett, to do the first draft of the script. Uh, she ended up passing away after she finished the first draft of Cancer. And um, apparently Lucas wasn't the biggest fan of her draft. And he ended up rewriting a draft himself. And then I think another draft was written. And, uh, yeah, they ended up creating a bunch of new characters. I mean, this is the first one where we uh, see Yoda, uh, Lando Call. Calrissian. Calrissian. Yep. Lando Calrissian. Yep. Yeah, so that that was very interesting on Yoda. Um, One sec. I need to look this. So, apparently Stuart Freeborn was, like, his job was to design Yoda and he ended up looking in the mirror and he said you know might even design him after myself and you can actually see the resemblance (laughs) and as well as Albert Einstein they designed him a little bit after that yeah I heard they used the wrinkles from Albert Einstein to make up the puppet that's pretty funny yeah so that was probably one of the most difficult parts they had to film in that movie because Yoda was a puppet, and they had a pool in the scene as well. That's probably the least amount of traveling that the crew had to do, because they were in George Lucas's house filming that in his swimming pool. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. I heard it was really tough on Mark Hamill, because he was the only live human in the scene. Yeah, I know at some times as well, you couldn't even hear the lines... That Yoda was making and he had to respond to him. Yeah, because, well, Frank Oz, who played Yoda, he was underneath doing the puppetry as well as the voice, so. Yeah. That's super tough. I do want to say, like, they had Yoda in episode one through three. Pretty sure they use mostly CGI for that. I prefer the, the puppet Yoda so much more. If you can get practical effects right, it just looks so much better. The Imperial Walkers, for example, those are miniatures, but I think they did a good job making them look like they're giant structures. And I just think the human eye can really see when something has actual mass to it instead of some computer-generated thing. It's too bad. It seems like most movies nowadays will use CGI for special effects just because it's it's kind of easier. You don't have too many places doing practical effects anymore. But uh, That's why I think a lot of this movie holds up pretty well with effects because it's like it, it's real... It's real physical things that we're seeing, even though they're miniatures, whatever. But I think our uh, our minds kind of kind of roll with it easier than CGI does. It, it feels like something that's more realistic, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about it. How do you feel about CGI and practical effects? I don't really mind it. I love seeing a younger version of Yoda being able to do lightsaber duels and stuff. That would probably be very difficult with the puppet oh yeah (laughs) but i know what you mean empire 
they they had like living snakes and stuff. They look real. Oh yeah, I mean, if it's like CGI stuff, you, your mind can just tell it's it's not real. But like when you see actual snakes, you're like, oh cow, holy cow, you know. The prequel movies, I just they definitely use CGI or like green screen, and it just didn't really look too good. Yeah, Lucas will probably he'll probably fix that in the next re-release, knowing him. So, I thought the uh, I I actually looked at the comparison of the 1980 version and the 2011 Blu-ray re- release that they did, and I gotta say I th- I like what they did with a lot of the effects, the changes. I don't mind them. I know that. The, the Star Wars OGs who saw it in theaters are probably meh about it. But um, I I think it looks pretty good what they did, especially with the Sky City. That, that's, re- that's really cool what they were able to do. They, they made the background look much more defined. They were able to add more shots of it, more windows. And what, what's the facility they're in? Cloud City. That's Cloud City. Okay. You watch the clips of the old version, and you really don't see too much of the clouds outside. There's one shot of R2-D2 escaping from some soldiers, and they change the scene from inside to outdoors, and you see all the clouds. It it looks like it's almost sunset. Um, it's, It's just cool how they were able to do that. So I first saw this movie... And I want to say 1999 before Phantom Menace came out because there was so much hype over that movie coming out. So I think I actually watched all three movies at my friend's house on VHS because he had all them. And this this is the first time I've watched it since then. Actually, I've never I've never gone back and watched them, but I I vaguely like remember them. And. I don't remember the Cloud City that much. I don't remember it being sunset. But then again, that was like it's been twenty years since I've seen it, so a lot is a lot's happened since then. So Yeah, I believe that Cloud City was filmed in England. Yeah, they would do a lot of filming in England. They had very large sets there that allowed them to do massive scale productions. I feel like there was a lot more chewy in this movie. Oh yeah, Chewie was everywhere. C-3PO walked into a room he wasn't supposed to go in and droid said, intruder. (laughs) And then they dismantle him. And then you see Chewie and he ends up finding him all destroyed before they get captured. I I found myself laughing so much with uh, Chewie's, I don't know, what do you call it, roaring or whatever? Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> the way he talked. I found it so interesting what how they did that. They had um, they would get recordings of you know bears like tigers, lions, and they would just combine them. And if they did like weird noises like like that would they ended up making like sort of sayings for Chewy. They did the same as well with R2-D2, I believe, with the beeping. It wasn't just like 
that that I think was more difficult for them to do R2D2. I think they had the people who were designing the noise, they would literally go beep, stuff like that, and then they would add stuff to it. Just the noises they both made really changed, gave them personalities as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I thought I I thought the R2D2 noises were so cool in this one. It it's like I I'm not a big robot guy. Like I kind of think they're going to take over the world someday and destroy us all, but it would be nice if they all made that noise. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't I love R2D2. He's yeah. like one of my favorites. He's a nice robot. That's what we need. We need nice robots. We don't. We don't need the killer robots. We need the the nice robots that save the day. And can uh, can give us was it hyperspeed that the Millennium Falcon lost? Yeah. Yeah. Hyper hyperdrive hyperspeed R two. Go to hyperspace. That. That's what they did. They deactivated it, and they couldn't go into hyperspace. And then R2, he fixes CP3, C-3PO as well. Yeah, he's crucial in the movies. He doesn't even have a voice. Same with Chewbacca. And I love how Han Solo can understand Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, Chewie. <laughs> Settle down. Stuff like that. Oh, that's great. Harrison Ford... I just picture him like getting all the dialogue and it's like all this like Star Wars mythology that he probably doesn't even know about and he just makes it sound so natural. Yeah, I agree. I guess Harrison Ford didn't agree to be in the third one, so that's why they was Yeah, it? he wanted Han Solo to be killed off. <laughs> yeah. So that's why he was what did they do to him? They they put him in... Carbonite. Carbonite? Yep, which is kind of interesting. No one knew what was going to happen with Luke and Darth Vader until the very end. So for him to just expect that and want Solo to die made sense. They didn't tell anyone what happened until Luke was going on set to fight Darth Vader for the final scene. Yeah, the big reveal. Obviously, spoiler alert. Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, but yeah, I, I heard that Mark Hamill had no idea <laughs> that that twist was going to happen until they filmed the scene. And same with a lot of the crew and whatnot. Harrison Ford apparently didn't find out until the movie came out. I know earlier in the movie, you see when Luke gets, again, attacked by the Wampa or whatever, you see him kiss Princess Leia, and you have... You don't even find out till the next movie that they're related, which was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, little little strange on that one. I know they kiss in the first one as well. Um, I I, yeah. I don't very know. Very strange. It was almost like a romantic thing, like a makeout. <laughs> yeah, I I don't recall whether they decided to do that twist while they were writing the third one or if George Lucas already had that in mind when writing this one of them being brother and sister I'd have to look but anyways that is what I one of the parts I think could maybe be towards Han Solo Harrison Ford wanting Han Solo to be killed off 
So maybe he thought, you know, Luke was going to get the girl in the movie. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that was the original plan. Um, so what... Well, for, let me ask you this. Who's your all-time favorite character in the franchise? Um, in, in this movie, in this movie. Honestly, probably have to be Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah, how about you? Uh, I would say Han Solo, just because I love Harrison Ford so much. Big Indiana yeah, Jones guy. Just love they came back in um in the newer ones. That was a nice surprise. What what concept would you say um really draws you to this franchise the most? Like what like what what's your favorite scene? I am your father. That's the biggest scene that I can think of in that movie. Do you remember knowing? The twist of Darth Vader being Luke Skywalker's father when you first saw the movie, or were you just too young to remember? I feel like I knew already. I might have just been too young to really know. Yeah, I feel like it's just been spoiled so much that it really loses its impact. You've probably never heard of this movie, Tommy Boy. Luke, I am your father. So it's like I, I, knew, I knew the... Uh, I knew all about Darth Vader's relationship to Luke Skywalker. But I'd imagine when it first came out in theaters, it was pretty iconic. It was, it was pretty... <laughs> I'm sure it was a shocker. Oh, yeah, for sure. You wouldn't expect that the evil lord or whatever would be his father when he's grown up on this random planet. No, definitely not. But the twist kind of works because we never meet Luke's father in the first movie so I don't know if that's what they were setting it up for when they wrote the first Star Wars or whatever or if that was a new idea that came to mind I think it, it was a new idea they got when they were writing this one and then C-3PO was hilarious with uh, his complaining yeah he like his timing on whatever he would say things almost seemed like perfect and the irony and what he would say is just funny yeah yeah, they did, they did a good job with that. Man, hasn't C-3PO been in every Star Wars movie, basically? So, here, let's, I'll track back. He's been in A New Hope. He's been in The Empire Strikes Back. He's been in Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith. He's been in The Rise of Skywalker, The Last Jedi. And then, yeah, I think he was in the very end of movie Can't Con The Force Awakens. He was also in the... So just one movie he probably wasn't in, and that's Solo, a Star Wars story. So he was in Rogue One, the yeah. one that came out a couple years back as well, so... They've stuck C-3PO, and I would say R2 is always with them, too. So they were always in the movies together. Yeah, and unlike the first one, they they ended it where you kind of are asking questions on what's going to what's gonna happen next. 
you know, Han Solo, you don't know if he's dead or alive. Yeah. Well, yeah, the uh, the original trilogy, I, I guess that's what we'll call episodes four through six, they're all on the top 250. Um, it goes Empire Strikes Back, and then I think... Uh, not the the first one isn't too far away on the list. I think it's either in the twenties or the thirties. New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi is much later in the list. I'll probably be pushing forty by the time we get to that one. But um, yeah, I'd <laughs> like to have you on for all three of these movies since you're such a big fan. Um, so. I mean that that just about wraps up uh, the first one here, the greatest Star Wars movie of all time, they say, and I agree. I think it's pretty good. So, Davey, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you sharing your knowledge with me. Thank you for having me. <laughs>